Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This is uh, Mike Walters, your host of the Ducks and Pucks podcast. We're going to be doing podcasts all summer long. Uh, on this one, we've got uh, Eddie along with me and uh, also one of our writers, Thomas, who covers a lot of the uh, prospects for the Ducks. Um, the first off, the uh, the big news, Eddie, uh, Bruce Brujo looks like he's going to return, uh, according to uh, ESPN. Yeah, Pierre, uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, came out and... I put out a tweet that he said that they're that Boudreaux's pretty much going to return, and you know it's not confirmed by the Ducks yet, but I don't think anybody expected him to uh, be fired after he, uh, you know, after the season that he had and, and make it to Game Seven of of Round Three. I, I don't think anybody really expected him to be gone. I know a lot of people were calling for his head after after Game Seven, but I think people were just disappointed, obviously, at the loss. But you know, I, I don't think it, you know anybody's too surprised that he's going to be coming back next season. And Thomas, what are your thoughts on Bruce coming back? Do you like it? Uh, not surprised or anything else? Uh, I like it. I think he's a great coach who just got beaten game seven, and that happens, unfortunately, to him a lot. But I still think he's the best coach of the team right now. I mean, you fire him, who do you replace him with? Who's out there who could do as good a job as he's done the last three seasons? Yeah, I agree with you, Thomas, and that's kind of what Alex wrote about in his article uh, about Boudreaux when we sent it out uh, when you know Pierre announced it on his blog that he was coming back. Uh, that was the same uh, stance, and I think we're all in agreement. I mean, there's he's been the best you know regular season coach um, for the last four or five years up there at the tops, you know, and of course you know Game Sevens have come to get him, but uh, I think the Ducks are still going to be good with him uh, going down the you know the road next season and and hopefully after that, Eddie. Yeah, and really, who else do you, do you, you sign if you fire him? You know, Babcock's already gone to uh, to the Leafs, and McClellan's gone to San Jose, and and Balsma's gone, and you know, really, though, are those guys upgrades? You know, everybody likes the system that Boudreaux plays, and you know, barring the losses in Game Seven, you know, regular season's been great. Uh, three division championships in a row, uh, finishing top in the West twice. You know, what what more can you ask for other than a cup? And you know, we still have a few years to go for it, and I. He's got to. He's got to be the guy that has the chance to go for it. Yeah, and, and speaking about going for it, you know, we got a couple of UFAs coming up here in the summer, and you know, plenty of RFAs coming down the road as well. We've got to figure out what we're going to do uh, down this, uh, you know, next couple of seasons. Um, looking at the UFAs of uh, Boschman and Bleski, uh, what do you think, Thomas, is the strategy for the Ducks? Do you think we try to sign both? I mean, I know Murray mentioned that, but uh, it's going to be kind of difficult. I mean, he said he wants both, but I just don't know if he can. It comes down to money and term. The Ducks have a lot of cap space right now, but next season they've got so many players who are going to need raises that it comes down to how much are Bleski and Frankie and are they worth more than the kids next summer. And, and what do you think? I mean, if you had to pick one, would you rather the Ducks go with, uh, you know, uh, Boschman, or do you think the Ducks should try to get Bleski if you had to choose just one? If I had to choose, I personally go Bojame simply because I think the Ducks could probably get him for on a cheaper deal. I think Velasquez going to want four or five million for four or five years, and I'm just not sure he's worth that much. Yeah, and it may be difficult to try and you know pan out that kind of a deal. 
What do you think, Eddie, if it came down to uh, Boshaman or uh, Bolescu, uh, you know, which one would the Ducks try to go after or which one do you think they should go after? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I think Boshman brings more to the team. You know, he's a he's a leader. Um, I like the defensive style he brings to the game as well. You know, obviously he had a great offensive season for him this year too. But I think he brings more to the team at a better price as well. Bolesky's going to want to raise uh, for the season that he had in the playoffs, and you know, some team out there is going to pay him ridiculous money. And I don't I don't think it's worth it to match it, especially uh, like Thomas said with the the RFAs we have to sign in in 2016, and and Kessler's a UFA as well. So I think. Yeah, you know, it's it's better to sign Bushman on a cheap for a couple of years and, and you know let Blasky walk if he's if he wants too much money. You know, and another part of that equation too is if we do take uh Boschman and you know, resign him to another couple of years, then what's gonna happen with uh Wisniewski? You know, that rumor came out this week that maybe Wisniewski gets traded. So do you think that would be an option, maybe Thomas, that the Ducks try to make some kind of trade in the summer, or do you think that they just uh, go with the flow and you know try to uh, re-sign or shore up some of these uh, RFA deals as well? I think they keep Wisniewski through the summer simply because or since he didn't play at all in the playoffs. If he got playing time in a great and his trade value was higher, then sure. But because he didn't play, I think it's better to go into the season carrying seven defensemen or even try and trade Stoner this summer because his trade value is going to be very high after his strong playoff performance. And what do you think, Eddie? Do you think uh, the, the Ducks uh, keep all the defensemen they have if they re-sign uh, Boschman, or do you think we try to trade one of them um, to another team? Yeah, you know, we talked about this uh, last week in the podcast as well, that um, Wisniewski's trade value won't be that high after not playing in the playoffs, and you know, it'd almost be better to take all of them into the season and you know evaluate your play near the trade deadline than to you know panic right now and make a trade there's nothing we really have to move uh you know Wisniewski still has I believe he's his contract expires in 2017 and in that last year his um his uh, cap drops down to three million so if anything he becomes more valuable valuable in that last year even though he's a, a UFA I think you know, you go into the season with seven guys and like uh, Thomas said you maybe look to trade Stoner if you're going to trade anybody now and know maybe evaluate it better at the trade deadline yeah i think both of you're right i think that's the best strategy now is uh trying to keep all of them especially if we keep boshman and then go down the stretch and uh figure out what happens you know uh, in the middle of the season if we trade somebody or coming up to the trade deadline because having seven defensemen you know and in, in the nhl you can never have too many defensive men um looking at the ducks also uh, besides a uh, boshman and Bolesky. Who are the other RFAs that we have, Thomas, that the, the Ducks should look at uh, trying to shore up their contracts in the summer? So this year, thankfully, the Ducks don't have very many restricted free agents. It's uh, on the roster, Chris, Chris Wagner, Emerson Edom, and Jakob Silverberg. And thankfully, that's all I have, although there are a few prospects like Max Freeberg, Igor Bobkov, um, John Kurtz, Louis LeBlanc, who are also restricted free agents, but they should all get cheap one- or two-year deals, so I'm not too worried about them. As far as uh, Wagner, Edom, and Silverberg, what what would be your priority? Would you have one, you know, higher than another? Uh, you know, obviously Silverberg did really, really well in the playoffs on the second line. Wagner stepped up and did, you know, well. Edom played, and, and you know, he had moments of brilliance, but not, you know, as consistent. Um, is there any one of those three that, uh, you know, you prefer, or do you think the Ducks should just try to, you know, get all three uh, signed to extensions? I think Silverberg, there's no question, Silverberg is the priority but exactly how much term and money he's going to get is the question. Even Wagner should be a lot simpler. It'll probably be like Smith-Pelly and Botnick got last summer, 
a cheap one or two year deal just to see how they're going to keep moving forward. And then when that new next contract is up, then see if they're going to be with the team long term. But at this point, Silverberg, he got a one year deal last summer. He's proved he belongs in the team and will be here for a long time. So I think he's going to get a longer extension. I just am not sure how long and how long that could take to hash out. What do you think, Eddie? You think this, uh, the same as Thomas? You think Silverberg is probably going to get the longer uh, extension out of the three? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I would see Edom maybe getting one, one last chance with a one year or possibly a two year, and you know Wagner gets a, a little bit of a re up where he's seen the minors coming up and down uh, the lineup again like he did this season. But you know, obviously the the big one is Silverberg, and you know if you deal him a, a two year bridge deal, then you got to take into account the Bolesky signings again and, and Boschman and looking farther down the road than 2016 because after you make those signings. Then you got to look to 2017, where Silverberg becomes a UFA, and you have to re-sign him probably for more money if he continues to produce. So, you know, there's a lot of things that Murray has to take into account uh, when he's signing his UFAs and and you know thinking about the term for for Silverberg. But I definitely agree he's the priority, and you know I think it all comes down to the term and money that he's going to get. And with that, so if we re-sign Silverberg, Wagner, and Edom, and then Bolesky goes off to another team or whatever does happen, you know, if that does happen. Um, what do you think, Thomas, as far as the forwards go? Would there be anybody that you would bring up to play, um, you know, maybe Richie or anybody else to fill in, uh, you know, the spot up there? Or do you think the Ducks try to go out and get, a, you know, another winger out there? And I was looking at the free agent list a little while ago, and there's not a lot of names that jump out at me as being great players. Um Free agency almost always have to just overpay severely. And in that case, I would worry about re-signing our core young players in the coming years. So unless the free agent can be had on the cheap, I would stay away from most of them. Um, I'd actually be willing to bring back Fleischman on a short one-year deal if he takes a one or two million dollars for the contract. Um, but in terms of players coming up, I think Nick Ritchie has a very strong chance. However, Bob Murray, there was an article that came out, I believe it was two days ago, where he was quoted as saying that um, he plans to let both Nick Ritchie and Shea Theodore uh, develop before bringing them up on a full-time basis. So I think we'll probably see him at some point this season um, when the Ducks have some injury issues, but he's going to most likely start the season in San Diego and remain there for most, if not the entire season. Yeah, I heard the same report as well. And uh, Eddie, what do you think as far as uh, if the Ducks bring up uh, somebody or who would they put in? You know, if Leski is um, not you know able to have a deal done. Well, you know, you look in the in the playoffs on how many forwards that we had sitting that were capable of playing, and I think if Leski goes out, you can easily swap in you know Edom and uh, like Thomas said, maybe if you can sign Fleischman to a similar deal that uh, Heatley signed in the offseason last year and. Know, bring him back for a one-year, one-two million, where it doesn't really affect the cap, considering he's UFA uh, at the end of the season. And you know, with Richie and, and Theodore, I think it, it's smart to let them develop. Uh, there's no rush to bring these guys up and in, into the lineup, you know, that early and throw them in. You know, I, I have no doubt that Richie was going to succeed in the NHL, but I think it's smart to, you know, take the Detroit approach almost and, and let him sit in the minors for a, a season or two and. And just develop his game even even more so he's ready to play you know, on the top line when he comes in the NHL. Yeah, it makes sense. I, that's what Murray was talking about. It's not rushing, you know, Theodore or Richie. 
And, uh, you know, looking forward to the draft uh, coming up here in the summer. Um, how does it look for us, Thomas, in terms of what picks we have and the top prospects and basically what, you know, the Ducks strategy should be? All right. So the Ducks currently hold the 27th overall pick in the first round. Uh, they do not have a pick in the second round. They have two picks in the third, nothing in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and no picks at all in the seventh. Um so this pick, this draft, they're calling it the McEichel draft because of Jack Eichel and Colin McDavid. They're two supposed franchise saviors, and they're going to go to Edmonton, Buffalo, obviously, since those two teams desperately need that kind of talent. Exactly. Um, but a lot of people have been comparing this to the 2003 draft, which many call the greatest draft of all time. It's really one of the best drafts. We got Perry and Getzloff, and I mean, Patrice Bergeron was a second-round pick that year. It was just an amazing draft, and the fact that people are comparing to that makes me very excited because even though we have a 27th pick, we got Perry at, was it 28th or 29th overall that year? So if we can get a similar type player in the 27th spot, that would be absolutely fantastic. And, and what do you think the strategy is? Do you think that we try to get another forward, we try to get a center, a defenseman, or what, what do you think the priority is for the Ducks? So the Ducks, their draft staff has been on record of saying they will always draft the best available talent, um, especially in the first couple of rounds, and I completely agree with that. Uh, however, um, now that Ricard Raquel is a full-time NHL player and William Carlson was traded at the deadline, uh, the Ducks' center depth in terms of prospects are very low. The two best prospects at center are probably Chris Wagner and Michael Scarbosa, who we got from Matt Clark at the deadline. Um, so with that in mind, the Ducks center depth has taken a hit. So I expect them to take at least one or two centers with their picks. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if that wasn't the first round, but could be in the third or fifth round as well. And then going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, if we uh, keep Bosham in and Bolesky walks, then do you think uh, the Ducks would kind of look more towards, uh, you know, wingers and, and whatnot for, um, you know, other picks uh, since we, you know, go forward with seven defensemen uh, in the next season? Uh, it very well could be an option, although the Ducks do have a ton of young wingers in their system. Uh, Stefan Nason, Nick Sorensen, Nick Ritchie, Nick Cordelis, Max Freeberg, Kevin Roy. On, so they've got a lot of young wingers, so I don't think that would be a priority. Although, if with that 27th pick, if the best player available is a winger, I fully expect them to take a winger in that position. And then of those... Uh prospects that you've talked about do you think and i mean we talked about richie already but uh, any of the other ones do you think any of them maybe uh crack the team uh you know uh full time or maybe for you know injury uh replacement in the next season uh last season we saw both stefan mason and max freeberg make their angel debuts and but they only played one game uh i'd expect to see both of them this season and also i think nick cordelis um the other socal boy on, on the prospect system will probably make his angel debut as well this season um, I think those three have an excellent chance of making some noise at training camp, and if one of them is good enough, starting um, the season in Anaheim. And is there any any of them that you're like the most excited to see? I mean, I know you're doing all the uh, prospect articles again this summer. Uh, already had you um, published the um, the Raquel one so far. Uh, obviously, it's him being you know graduated, as you just stated that now he's full time on the team. But is there any of the players one or two or three? that you would really either just because the team needs them or because you would want to see them, you know, playing at the NHL level. 
Uh, for me personally, it probably would be Nick Cordelis just because I always think it's so cool to have a California boy in the roster. It's one of the reasons why um, when we first drafted Emerson Eden back in 2010, I was like, so excited about him. Um, and so I just love seeing uh, the impact the Ducks and the Kings have had in Southern California, having enough players from that region on the team. Um, outside of him, I would really like to see Max Freeberg. Uh, everything I've read about him makes him sound a lot like Andrew Cogliano, who's a speedy little guy who's hard on the puck, doesn't give up, and I just love watching that kind of player on the ice. Yeah, and then, I mean, if you had another person like Cogliano on the ice, I mean, could you imagine having two of them? And uh, if they were centered by, you know, oh, say, Ryan Kessler on the second line, or, uh, you know, paired up even with Silverberg and uh, one of them as well on the second or third line. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I think that that's probably a big issue for the Ducks, too, is, is speed. Uh, you know, that was kind of a, a little bit of a killer there towards the end of the uh, Blackhawks series. So I, I think uh, speed might be one of the uh, attributes that the Ducks look for in this upcoming draft, Thomas. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of good skaters in this draft. Um, one of them, Oliver Killington, he's a defenseman who at the start of the season was considered a top 10 pick. But since then, he is, his stock has fallen the most of anyone. And um, Bob McKenzie, his draft, uh, he has him, Killington listed at 24 overall, but some scouts have him going in the second round, and he's apparently just a great skating defenseman, and we know how much Murray loves that type of defenseman, drafting both Lindholm and Fowler recently, so I could see Murray picking him up at 27th if he's still available. Are there any other uh, prospects, you know, out there that you, you know, you look at in this draft as uh, ones that you, you know, uh, you mentioned that one. Is there any others that you would think that the Ducks could try to uh, go after maybe in the later rounds uh, and maybe, you know, sneak out another quality pick, uh, you know, later on in the, uh, the third or fifth, sixth rounds? It's hard to speak to the later rounds just because most of the research I do is on, um, mock drafts and just draft rankings and usually those don't go past the third round so for the later rounds i really can't say um but for around the 27th pick there's a lot of talent that's going to be still available um the ones that stuck out to me as being most likely still there are, are um jake debrusque jansen harkins travis konechny i think is how you say his name and uh brock bozer those four players all stuck to me so um debrusque He's a uh, left wing, and in his second season in the WHL, he led his team in scoring. Um, and he had 42 goals and 39 assists in 72 games. So that could be that top line left winger the Ducks are looking for, especially if Bolesky leaves. Uh, Jansen Harkins, he's a center. Um, also in his second WHL season, led his team in scoring. But he's a playmaker. In 70 games, he had 59 assists. So he knows how to pass the puck. So he could be similar that gets off in that regard. So put him with Silverbrook, put him with Palmieri, just put him with someone who knows to put the puck in the back of the net, and he can just rack up those assists. Uh, Travis Konechny is another center. Um, he hasn't put up as many points as the other players, but he's just a good two-way center who was the captain of his team in his second season in the OHL. And then Brock Bozer is a right winger who will be playing for the University of North Dakota next season. Um he has a good shot and also really plays well in the cycle, which is something that the Ducks do a lot of, obviously. So his kind of play could translate well to what the Ducks do on the ice. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of options. I mean, it, it might be interesting to see what happens uh, come that 27th pick. Uh, do you think that uh, we talked about the Ducks, um, you know, not making too many moves in the summer. Do you think that the, the Ducks should just ride 
that first pick where it's at, or do you think the Ducks should try to, you know, trade maybe uh, up somewhere in the draft? Uh, maybe not even the first pick, but maybe, you know, get one in the second round. Uh, I wouldn't mind trying to get to a pick in the second round. I mean, they've got two third rounders, so trying to package those two or maybe the third and the fifth round into the second round would certainly be ideal. I think just because there is so much talent in the first few rounds of this draft, I think getting a second round pick would be huge for the team. But I also wouldn't give up anyone off the active roster for just a second round pick. So it depends basically what's available. If I can trade, you know, say Kyle Palmieri for a young player and a second round pick, there's a good chance I'd do it. But I wouldn't trade him straight up for a second round pick. Yeah, and I think that's a wise decision because, you know, uh, Palmieri's name's come up, Elam's name's come up too, and some of the rumors I've heard, I'm sure you've heard too. And I think you're right. I I wouldn't want to trade... Uh, you know, a, one of those guys just for a draft pick. I think you're right. I think you'd want to try to get uh, multiple players out of both of those. I think that's the, the smart play, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, I think the Ducks have a few players they'd be willing to trade. I think Palmieri's one. I think Edom's one. Um, I think eventually the team's going to have to make a decision between Fowler, Vlotnin, and Theodore, but they're not going to make that for a few years. And, of course, eventually make a decision between Anderson and Gibson. But again, they can wait a few years on that before they make a decision on who to trade. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it may, you know, that issue may come up on the defense. But I think right now, you know, uh, if we keep uh, motion, it should be good. Um, Eddie, do you have any uh, thoughts on the draft? You know, think that the Ducks should go after? Yeah, there's a a couple guys that uh, obviously Thomas mentioned most, and there's a uh, you know, a couple more centers that are uh, could be available on the pick. Uh, Joel Ek Eriksson uh, plays in the Swedish Elite League is a you know a pretty big uh, center as well, and he's playing in the Swedish Elite League already. You know, obviously the Ducks have liked to bring in a lot of Swedish players over the years as well, and Colin White played on the U.S. Under 18 team. Uh, with Jack Eichel and uh, Noah Hannafin, so he's got some experience with some of the, the top picks in the draft as well. And uh, a big uh, Russian center named Alexander Durkachev plays uh, for SKA St. Petersburg in, in the KHL. He's a six foot four, two hundred pound center, so he's another guy you can bring in and you know in, in the mold of Ryan Getzlaff and, and you know replenish some of that center depth that we've lost with uh, Raquel graduating. And what do you think uh, about, you know, Thomas started talking about you know, trying to uh, trade up in the draft. Do you think that's something the Ducks may try to do, or do you think we just kind of hold with the picks that we have? Yeah, well, if you can get, a, you know, a good a good trade where you're not, like you said, not trading anybody from the current lineup and, uh, you know, not really messing up the chemistry that we have, then I think it's worth it, you know, maybe packaging one of those thirds with, with something else for a second or somebody who's willing to move a second. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see us moving any of of the guys that we had playing this so far in this season and in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think it's worth it just to move them for a second round pick. Yeah. I think that's kind of the feeling. I think we're going to not really see a whole lot this summer as much, um, you know, maybe as some people had thought, I, I think that the team isn't really um, missing too much. I mean, we were almost there one game. I, I don't really see uh, maybe backfilling on the center spot as uh, Thomas mentioned, but um, is there any uh, weakness to the team that you see, Thomas, that maybe the Ducks should go after uh, as far as, you know, down down the road in the playoffs, um, either getting a defenseman or forward or anything like that? And I think the two areas where the Ducks are weakest are a tree number one defenseman and a top left-wing scorer. Um, in terms of a number one defenseman, there are none available for agency. They're almost impossible to trade for. We were incredibly lucky to 
get Scotty free agency and Pronger in a trade year later. Our best bet for that type of player is to let our young defense mature and grow and hope one of them turn into that. Uh, personally, I think Campus Lindholm has the best chance of being that number one type defenseman. Uh, he's still only 21 and has just become such a great player in the last two years in the AHL. And I think for him, the sky is the limit. Um, so in terms of defense, I think it's better just to wait and be patient. Uh, the top line left winger is something that we probably don't have in our system. So you would have to try and either trade for that or sign someone. Although I don't think there's any free agents that fit the bill in terms of that, unfortunately. So then you have to look for the trade route, who's available and what would you be willing to give up. And what do you think, Eddie? You think it's the same thing, the top uh, defenseman and uh, top line left wing that are kind of the, the holes for the Ducks right now uh, going into the next season? Yeah, I mean, you know, not much really out of that other than, like, uh, you can't really find these guys other than through the draft or, like like he said, uh, trying to find a, a Niedermeyer-Pronger situation is almost impossible, especially nowadays as well. And, you know, Lindholm has the best shot at, at getting that chance. And, you know, if he continues to improve and mature over the next few seasons, um, that's definitely, you know, his, his job to lose. And, you know, Bogdan's going to improve. And, you know, Theodore is eventually going to crack the lineup as well. And, um, and then Richie, I think if anybody has the best chance at, at becoming a first-line left winger, although I think he's probably uh, he's more uh, suited for a second line, but if you know you put anybody with Perry and Getzloff, they're going to do well. You know, Penner, Maroon, Valeski, you know, they all do well on that on that top line. And if you put a big guy like Richie on that top line, he could be the guy that in the next few seasons is finally closes the door on on that top line left wing. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I, I agree with both of you and. Uh... We're just going to have to try to go through the draft, see what happens, and then go with the prospects. Um, I think the only real other big issue uh, going for next season, Thomas, is uh, if it's going to be Anderson or Gibson in net. Um, Anderson did so well, uh, especially down the stretch, and then the last final games he didn't do as well. Uh, what is your take on the goalie situation for the Ducks? Uh, I think a lot of battle it out. This past season, I thought it would be best just to let Anderson be the starter and Gibson be in the minors, and that kind of sort of happened because of Gibson's injuries. Um, but next season, I think let them both just battle it out. I thought Anderson was great in the playoffs for the first two and a half rounds. And I just think late in the series against Chicago, I think he just got tired from all the games played, from all the minutes played, because of all the overtimes. He's never played as much in his entire career. So I think it was a great learning experience for him, just as the playoffs were last year for him as well. So I think he's going to take that and know what to do next season and be even better, I'm hoping. Um, but we all know Gibson has that incredible potential in him to be that amazing goalie as we saw last year against L.A. for a couple of games. So I say let them battle it out. Give each, you know, between 30 and 50 games, depending upon how the season plays out, and then whoever's better to come playoffs, that's your starter next year. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Thomas. Um, what do you think, Eddie? you think the same thing? Let them go back and forth and see uh, whoever emerges as the uh, stronger of the two? Yeah, I think that's the best bet. And you know, all the rumors saying that we should trade Gibson and, and try and pick up a, a higher pick or you know trade him to a team like Edmonton. I, you know, I, at this point, I, I don't see why. You know, you don't see uh, Tampa Bay uh, looking to trade Vasilevsky when they've got Bishop. It's kind of the the same situation that we have here. Is you know Anderson is our starter and been most mostly our starter through the playoffs and in the regular season, but. Uh, Gibson, just like Rashileski, has a chance to eventually become the better goalie and, and become an elite goalie in the league. So I think you just run both of them next year and you kind of see where you sit um, in next off offseason when you got to re-sign both of them. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that's going to be kind of the, the status for the team uh, going forward. Uh, I don't see a lot of movement going on. I, I think if the Ducks are going to do anything, it may uh, come down to the trade deadline uh, next season, Thomas, as far as if, if we try to make a big move. Um, and I, even then, I think if the Ducks make moves next trade deadline, I don't think it's going to be the, you know, the four or five moves that we saw this last time. I mean, granted, you know, we don't, I don't know how the season can go. But um, I, I think if we do anything big, it might not be till midseason. I agree. I think this is going to be a relatively quiet summer for the Ducks. And the best bet is to try and just resign the talent they have and let the young players keep getting better. Um, hopefully keep one of the last game, Boshme, if not both. Uh, if one walks, then maybe you look at trying to make a trade to refill the hole that you just left. But other than that, I don't think there will be much until the deadline. If then, I think next summer will be a lot more busy because of all the free agents the Ducks will have to sign, and they may have to make some tough decisions at that point. But for now, I think it's going to be just standing pat and letting this young team get better. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think if a big move comes, uh, it'll be later in the season, like you said, uh, unless there's some kind of a hole we need to fill. And uh, next summer is going to be definitely action-packed with uh, the RFAs. And how, how many restricted free agents um, and who are they that we're looking at uh, You know, come 2016? Oh, how many? That's a lot. Okay, so um, at forward next year, we have Kyle Palmieri, Yuri Seacatch, Ricard, and Ricard Raquel. And for free, uh, for unrestricted free agents, it's Brian Kessler and Tim Jackman. Defense, though, is where it gets expensive. We've got Sami Vatanen, Simone Dutre, and Hampus Lindholm all up for restricted free agents. And then, of course, net both Anderson and Gibson will be restricted free agents. So total, we've got uh, eight restricted free agents and two unrestricted free agents. Yeah, that sounds like it's gonna it's gonna be a really busy summer uh, coming next season. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Eddie, what do you think as far as the season two? You think it's gonna be pretty uh, pretty mellow, maybe until the trade deadline if anything happens? Yeah, I, I think that's their best bet. You know, you really want to keep this core together and and you know, just get them to grow together as a team. And and you look at the the championship teams; they've all grown together over over multiple seasons. They've grown from rookies, and you know, just bonded together. And I think that's the best thing you can do: let the young players improve, and you know, uh, let the the leaders grow in, in in the locker room, and you know, just everybody gel together. And you know, if you have to make a move at the deadline, I think that's the best time to make it. If not next uh, next year in the off season. And, you know, the one other thing that has come up to this last week has kind of been the uh, the assistant, you know, uh, the captain situation and whatnot. Is there any um, change that you would see? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have said that uh, Kessler should be wearing the A. Um, what do you think, Thomas? Do you think they'll rotate anybody around, um, uh, if, especially if, I guess, if Boschman's not back? Uh, I could see Kessler wearing the A. I've all... Personally, I've always kind of wanted to see Cogliano wear an A as well. I thought just because of how he just always gives it his all, leaves it on the ice, and then never misses a game is a great type of leader to have on the ice. Um, but if Boschmay leaves, I almost feel like we should have one of our young defensemen take over the A. So maybe Fowler because of that young core he's been around the longest, or Lindholm because of his just amazing potential. Because I think it's good to have a leader on that back end. And if we try and grow one into that leadership role, I think that would be great for their development. Yeah, I agree. And Eddie, what do you think as far as alternate captains? Do you think that there's anybody that uh, you know would be deserving of it? You know, Kessler's name has, has been mentioned up in there. Um, anybody else that you would see, maybe like Thomas said, uh, Cogliano or some of the others? Yeah, I, I definitely think Kessler and Cogliano are deserving of an A. But 
you know, um, if Boschman leaves, I think it's it's better to to give it to a defenseman like Thomas said. You want to have a leader on, on the blue line, and you know, I, I I don't really think we should strip the A away from Perry and, and give it to to Kessler or Conigliano, even if they do deserve it. I think, you know, for forwards with Getzlaff as captain and, and, and Perry as A, I think that's you know I think that's suitable for right now. I think the only change should be made is if if Boschman doesn't come back, then maybe give it to Fowler or Lindholm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, it's just been interesting this last uh, week or so because uh, once the Ducks lost, of course, you know, that you know, there's all kinds of noise on uh, social media and the Internet about uh, things going down. Um, I just put out an article late last night talking about in detail what happened to the season so everybody can go read that. It uh, looks at everything. Uh, a, a lot of people are trying to isolate what happened. Uh, down the stretch and I'm not going to rehash it here on the podcast you can you can go read it but I talk about a lot of the things that went wrong and then some of the things that went well and what the Ducks can do um, but in the summertime we're going to keep going with the podcasts uh, we're going to try to get one in the next couple weeks um, we'll have Thomas back on hopefully and, and a bunch of the other writers and kind of maybe do um, an end of the year uh, wrap up uh, talking about all the teams and um, the website's going to be redone and uh, much better, more professional in the next couple of weeks coming up. And we'll keep updating everybody when more information comes on. And uh, thanks for coming on, Thomas. And, uh, you know, look forward to all your uh, great articles on the prospects. Um, I'm glad to have you on here and uh, appreciate all your knowledge and research. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Eddie, uh, I, I know your name sometimes it gets escaped by other people on other podcasts, maybe. Uh, you know, I did a show, uh, another one earlier this week, talking about the Game 7 uh, meltdown. Um, but, uh, you know, I meant to correct it on that show. But, you know, I, I appreciate everything you do as well, Eddie, for coming up with this and, uh, you know, putting the time into this. You know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, <laughs> this isn't always that easy. We put a lot of work into the show. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that guy didn't mean too much by forgetting my name. Uh, hopefully, he remembers it now for next time we go on. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> or I'll bring you on there. And be like, hey, this is Eddie, okay? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna go forward, uh, folks. In the summer, we'll we'll have podcasts. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have them every single week, but we'll definitely have them. Keep everybody updated. Have more and more articles on uh, everything that's going on, uh, whatever other news we hear. Like we said, it may be pretty mellow for the next uh, couple months, but uh, we'll have updates on the draft. And, uh, you know, September's not far away. Uh, we're working on more shirts, too, as well. And uh, we'll just keep it rolling. And uh, we appreciate everybody for following us and listening to us. And uh, see you here in another week.